0: May God continue to richly bless your journey every
1: step of the way. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven." Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the wonderful singing. Lord, we've heard the great testimonies. Lord, thank you for your goodness upon us. And Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts right now, that we would receive your word. Lord, my heart is stirred. I pray that, Lord, I would not get in the way. And I pray that no distraction, no hindrance would would take our attention away, but we would be attentive to your word and what you have to say this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. This is a very uh, pivotal text of Scripture. It's a very huge text of Scripture. It's a very important text of Scripture. Uh, um, But let me just uh, give you where we're going this morning. If you have the notes, the title of the message is, What is Church? What kind of a question is that? Now, Interesting thing happened. I, I have been totally fascinated by it. This, this last past Wednesday, we, we've, it just seems like it's just been really, really building on Wednesday night. But we started, quite a while back, uh, a study on uh, basically what is the gospel. Now, we're, we're teaching this on a Wednesday night to people who have been in church for 50 years. <laughs> Why do we need to hear about the gospel? And I'm sure that most everyone thought, what is he doing? We know the gospel. Why are we wasting our time with this? We've heard this song and dance before. Let's just get on with something else. But after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of study, over and over and over again, from many, many, many people in the congregation, I've heard these words. I've been saved for 40 years. I've never heard this before. I've been saved. I've been in church all my life. I've never heard this before. So it's a good thing we studied the gospel, right? Because we didn't know what the gospel was, right? We, we have a new understanding of the gospel. I think this is kind of like that this morning. What is church? So I want to just confess this right now. I have been studying this. I have been searching for this. I have been asking God to show me this. I have been trying to figure this out for, uh, for literally for 10 or 15 years. I've been trying to figure out what is church. And I couldn't figure it out. Because there's something been gnawing at me that, that some of the things, that we, the way that we do things aren't lining up with the Bible, but I couldn't understand it. So I've prayed and prayed and prayed about this for a long time. So what we're learning this morning, we're going to learn something, I hope something that will help us, but we're not criticizing the past because uh, we haven't had that understanding. Let me just say this real quick. John MacArthur has been pastoring for over 50 years, okay, pretty smart guy. He was asked by someone one time in the crowd, he said, I listened to something you said 30 years ago, and now you're contradicting what you said back then. And John MacArthur very wisely said, I hope in 30 years I learned something. <laughs> Does that make sense to anybody? We didn't get it all right when we started. We, we have to learn as we go. So this isn't a criticism. This is a, we're progressing in what we understand. So we want to understand what the what the Bible calls church. Um, and, I, and I really feel that the Lord has given me uh, an understanding of that. I, I, I really believe it, church. And I, I hope that you are are open to allowing the Lord to, to give us this. I intend to, in the future... Um, just a little preview. I, I intend to uh, address the issue of membership in the local church. I intend to address the issue of what is a pastor, of what is a deacon, of church discipline, and of the ordinances. Because all of these things have to do with the church. But this morning we're just going to talk about what is the church. So I, before we get into the message, I just need to ask this question to everybody that is here. Um, <clears throat> I, I have confidence in you people. I have confidence in everybody here, okay? But I, I want to ask you, I want to just start with this. Are you willing to lay aside what you've always believed if God will show you what church is supposed to be? Are you willing to do that? See, that's what we got to do, guys. We come in and we say, well, I know what the gospel is, and then we say, oh, I guess I didn't. Now I need to change my thoughts, right? So churches... And I'm, that's one reason I'm so excited about this church. I'm so excited about Sand Hill Church is because I, I feel that we are getting to the place where we want to do what the Bible says. We don't want to just do what we've always done. We want to do what the Bible says. And as I've studied this out, I really believe that we're going to be able to find out what the Bible says church is supposed to be. But we have to be willing to let go of how we've always done it. Okay, if that makes sense to you. So. So let's, let's go back to our text. Jesus is out. He's been preaching. He's, uh, we, we, we're, we're working our way through the Gospels. He's been born. Now he's been doing miracles and he's been doing teachings and, and he's been kind of going through his ministry. And we've kind of come to, again, a pivotal point. And, and Jesus, now that he's been doing all these miracles, he simply asked the question what's everybody saying I am? And of course, they kind of give him the the word on the street. The word on the street, you know, they think you're a prophet. They think you're Elijah, you know, Jeremiah, all all these answers. And then he looks them straight in the eye and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, he's got to be the first one to talk. He steps up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah we've been looking for. You're the one that's going to save the world. And this is what Jesus said, a very interesting thing. He said, Simon, you didn't figure that out on your own. God had to show you that. Are you guys with that? You, you didn't understand that I'm God. You didn't understand that I'm the son of God. Unless God let you see that. Oh, Peter, God opened your eyes and revealed to you that I am the son of God. And, and that was supernatural that you were able to confess that. And then he goes on to say, uh, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, if you know anything about church and other denominations and all the things that are out there. This scripture is 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 greatly perverted. But can I tell you what this means? I'm gonna build my church on the confession that I am the Son of God. Can I tell you that's the only way you get into the church? Is on a confession. That I am the son of God. So then he goes on to tell Peter uh, that, you know, that this church that he's going to build upon this confession of of, of who that Jesus is. He said that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. And the keys of the kingdom of heaven and all those things. We're going to get into those a little later on in messages, Lord willing. Uh, But I'm interested in the fact I will build my church. Who owns a church? Jesus it's his church right it's not our church it's Jesus church so the first question we have on the sheet a little different uh notes this morning I recognize it's not an outline it's 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 just kind of some questions I want to get us to think about and and kind of like I don't know how you are but for me whenever I study something for years and years and years and I finally the Lord's does anybody need a handout doesn't have one Bussy doesn't have one Bertrand When I study sometimes and the Lord finally reveals to me, it's like, well, that's as plain as can be right in front of our eyes. And and I couldn't see it. And that's kind of how it was with this. But Jesus uses the word uh, ekklesia, the Greek word ekklesia. This is the first time that this word is uh, in the New Testament or in the Bible. It is the first time it appears. So my question is, I'm trying to get you to think with me. and I need you to think because we're going to figure out what church is this morning. okay? why now? Now, God could use any word he wanted to, couldn't he? He he could pick any word he wanted. And for the very first time, the word ecclesia is used in our Bible. Now, if Jesus is going to start something as uh, uh, huge as his church, I would think he would care what word he used. It must matter. And by the way, he could pick any word he wanted to. He could even made up one if he wanted to, right? He could do anything he wanted to. So he used the word ecclesia. so it must matter. Now, uh, uh, if Josh hasn't already put it on there, don't put up the definition, Josh. But I want you to think about something. In the Old Testament, Moses built the tabernacle. Okay. And God called it the tabernacle. And it was a location, it was a place, it was something you go to, and it was a tabernacle. Okay? And God chose that word, and people had to come to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was actually a, a, a mobile, so it could move from place to place to place, and they would pick it up and set it someplace else, and wherever they would set it, that's where they'd have to go to. So he, he called it the tabernacle. And then, uh, then then Solomon comes along, and God called it the temple. It was a place that you come to it was a building. And, and, and when the temple was standing, J- Israel was kind of known. Their, their identity was kind of in the temple of, of, of God. And, and even to this day, uh, if you anything, anything at all, uh, today the, it's a big deal about the, the Jews' temple, right? They, they want to rebuild it, the, the the fighting with all of those that are in the Middle East and all the things that are going on over, and over there. But they feel that they're... Uh, Betsy asked me a long time ago, she said, why if the Jews don't accept Jesus as Messiah, why aren't they offering up uh, animal sacrifices? today? You know what the answer is? They don't have a temple. They don't have a temple. If they had a temple, they'd be offering up sacrifices today. So there's a lot wrapped up in the the building, the temple. And then Jesus steps on the scene and he says, I'm going to build my ecclesia. I'm going to build my ecclesia. So what does that word mean? The definition of ecclesia is gathering. It's gathering. You know what Jesus was saying? When those who have confessed that I am the son of God come together, that is my church. That is my church. I did an interesting thing. I doubt any of you will do it. It would really be good if you did it, especially if you're a preacher. But I did this this morning. I, I got on my uh, uh, concordance, my on my phone, and I looked up the word ecclesia. And I went, and this is the first time it appears. By, but I went through and traced it in, all the way to the end of Revelation. So every, I think it's in there. I don't know, 50, 60 times. If you look up every single reference in the New Testament to the word church, to the word ecclesia, every single time, it, you will be amazed how it changes your thoughts. It, it, you take out the word uh, uh, church and put in the word gathering. You know, it says in several places, several places, it says, and the church that is in your house. How do you have a church in your house? Because people are gathering there. When people gather there, it's church, right? Right? So it's a church. It's a gathering of God's people who confess that Jesus is the Christ. So Jesus intentionally used this word, I believe, to teach us a lesson uh, on what church is. Church is, and I know it's been many times it's been said, but church is not this building. Listen, when we are at the quarry in Castalia, we are the church. When we go to Brother Richard's house and have service, we are the church. If we have study, if Brother Miguel's having study on Tuesday night, it is the church. It, with the church is not coming here. The church is the people who say that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, the Living God. That is the church. Okay? So, so I believe Jesus did that very intentional. So now I want to look at the, the fact. <clears throat> It's often been said, and we, we say it all the time, that God designed mankind to worship. And we've talked often how man wants to just worship, whether they're worshiping God or worshiping something else. But can I tell you that God designed us to gather? God designed us to gather. Very interesting. This just blows my mind. You say, preacher, explain to me. I don't think I can. I've thought about it for years. I don't think I can explain this verse. But in Genesis eleven six. Uh, the 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 people come together. Now, this is an evil thing. The people come together and they say, we are going to, we're going to all come together and we're going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And this blows my mind. This is what God says. 11 and 6, Genesis. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. In this they Begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. (laughs) I can't even explain that to you. They said, we're going to build a tower to heaven. God said, we got to go down there and stop them or they're going to do what they said they're going to do. Does that blow anybody's mind? Now, what's the point of that? I know the Tower of Babel was evil. I get that. God dispersed. I, I get all that. But what's the point? When people come together, things happen. This is a horrible, horrible, horrible illustration. Uh, it's a horrible illustration, but there's a point to it. Do you realize that Adolf Hitler, as wicked and evil as he was, he figured out something. If you can get everybody to do the same thing, great things can happen. Are you getting this? When people come together, listen. It's something that it's it's a it's a it's a mankind thing. When people come together, and you can convince them to go in the same direction, great things happen. And that is what the church is. And so the world has figured this out. Uh, We have bars and clubs and sports. You know why I, I really believe this? A lot of people, you know why people like sports? I hear people at work all the time, aside from all you people in the church. I hear people at work say this all the time. Guys I work with, my daughter's in baseball. It is costing us, it is breaking our budget. It's costing me a literal fortune. It's taking up every minimum of time. It's just complain, 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 complain. But they're there, they're, there, they're, there, they're there every single possible time the doors are open for sports. But you know what? one of the great things you get out of that? You bump, bump shoulders with all the other parents that are sports, right? It's a community. I'm, I'm just trying to point out the fact, we are built together, together. And the church is an illustration of that. But of all of the ways that we gather together for evil, the church is a gathering together for good. Do we get that? It's a gathering together for good. So, so, so the church is a, is a coming together of the people. So question number three to everybody that is here. I, I really want you to answer this question. How would you answer the question, what is the church? So if I was to give you a piece of paper right now, or if I was to ask you everyone to hand forward, pass your notes forward, how would you, you say, Pastor, I've been in church 50 years. Of course I know what the church is. Well, write it down. Tell me, what do you think the church is? Why do you think we're here? What is the church? Because I just be honest with you, your pastor who has studied the Bible very diligently, been in church all my life, did not know what the church was until probably this past week. And I've had my eyes really open to what the church is, but I'm dare saying I'm not the only one that doesn't know what the church is. So what do you think the church is? So some interesting things I want you to think about. COVID. we really like that word. <laughs> are we allowed to say that? COVID. You know, that taught us a lot. Here's a profound thought. We are supposedly passing covid and now books are coming out from all over the place. People are writing books and podcasts and everybody's giving their opinions and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and we all, you know, different ones are saying that you know COVID was good for the church and all the different things that are happening. But here is something, whether you are a mega church, whether you're a small church, whether you're anything in between, whether you're whatever denomination, anything that you say, here's what almost every single person says, every single pastor, everybody says, you know what they say? Online is not the same. It's just not the same. You have a mega church, have thousands of people, you put it out online, they're all watching at home, what makes the difference? And they said, it's not the same. Do you guys understand it's not the same? Now, I praise God we have online here, and I praise God there are some people who watch us faithfully, and there are some people who are not able to come to church, so praise God they have a way they can watch from home. But there is not the same as coming to church. Do you know why it's not the same as coming to church? Because Jesus said, gather. Jesus said, gather. And there's things you can't... Listen, we gathered in the parking lot. It's not the same. When we gather together, something changes. And that's what we need to understand. That's what church is. So, <clears throat> some of you may write down that preaching is what church is. Church is about preaching. Preaching is pretty important. Maybe you write down that, pr- that church is about learning the Bible. If I'm real honest and transparent, that's probably what I would have wrote down <laughs> if you'd asked me a lot too long ago. Church is about learning the Bible. Church is about preaching. Here's a thought for you. Here's a thought for everybody here. If Jesus created the church and it is because of preaching and it is to learn the Bible only. Can I just be real honest? You can get a whole lot better than this somewhere else. (laughs) Are you guys with me? (laughs) I guarantee you there are podcasts, TV shows, and, and, and online services that are way, way better Bible teachers than what you're going to get right here. And there are way better uh, preachers and more eloquent speakers and people who can teach you far more than you will here. So, so, and, and by the way, if, if it is just about preaching and learning the Bible, we, we could put somebody much better on the screen who could teach and preach much better than I can, and, and it would accomplish what God made the church be if it's about learning the Bible but that's not what it's about. Now that's part of what it's about, but that's not all of what it's about. But can I say this? Um, Biblically speaking, if you have the best preacher on the planet and we put him on the screen every Sunday, he cannot give you what I can give you. Because I am a real person. I am a human person. I am not a... This is not a performance. This is not a uh, a professor in a class. This is a human interaction. If you go back to the book of Acts and you study out the book of Acts and how they did things in the Old Testament, people always say they want to be old-fashioned, and I think that what we think is old-fashioned, we need to be way more old-fashioned than that, and that is go back to the book of Acts. But you go back to the book of Acts and you study out what church was, it was literally a coming together of people into one location, and yes, they would study the Bible, and yes, they would pray, and yes, they would do Christian things, and yes, they would eat, but they came together. And what does it say? And they had all things in common. That's what church is. And I think we've kind of fig- I think we've kind of got it mixed up, and we think that church is coming to a building, putting on our Sunday clothes, and I did my duty, I did my thing, and now I can do the rest of my life. I was thinking this after the Lord, Brother Richard said something yesterday to me. He had no idea what I was going to preach about. Um, <clears throat> I about jumped out of the truck, Brother Richard, when you said it. I took him to his house, and he come back. We was pulling back up into the ministry building. And he was just making small talk and he said, "Brother pastor," he said, "doesn't it just overwhelm your heart?" All of the parking lot was almost completely full. All of the people that are here working on camp. And he said, "Pastor, they want to be here and they want to do this." And I said this, "You have no idea what that does for this preacher's heart." See, it's coming together. It's coming together. And and I thought this, I've been studying this for a long time, trying to figure it out, and I couldn't. I laid down last night. I I got home, and I was just kind of overwhelmed with the whole thought of everything. And I got home, and I thought to myself, I understand what church is. And it was like the Lord said, but you couldn't have accepted this 10 years ago. Sand Hill couldn't have accepted this 10 years ago, because we thought church was something totally different. But now... What we do now? What do we do, people? We have accidentally become the church. We've accidentally did what the Bible said. We've accidentally made church about us coming together. And can I tell you, if we're putting, if we're putting together camp stuff, it's the church. If we're out back eating together, it's the church. When we come together, it is the church. And we've accidentally made that our lives. Do you guys see that? We didn't even do it on purpose. We weren't even trying to be obedient. We just accidentally became the church. Do you guys see that? We say all the time, we say this continually. I don't know if this is getting across or not. I've got a few of you with me. We say all the time, Sand Hill's not like other churches. And I think that's true. But do you guys see that in, in Free Will Baptist churches, and in, in, in so many churches, church is something you do on Sunday morning. It's something you go to. It's something that you check off your box. It's something God said you're supposed to do. And it's not coming together. It's not your life. It's not everything. It is something you do on Sunday morning. Do you understand how that doesn't line up with the Bible at all? You know what they said? You know what they said in the book of Acts? And daily. How many knows how often daily is? (laughs) It's every day. It's every day. Daily. How many of you are recognizing this church is starting to take over our lives daily? It is is who we are. It is gathering with other people who say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Guys, this is church. And, And... it isn't this building. Listen, they take this building away from us. So we can. I know that we, I may, we, we may be sentimentally attached to this church, but there may be a day when we move somewhere else. There may be a day they take this building away from us. does not matter. They cannot stop the church because the church is us gathering together. Amen? That, that, that's, that's gathering. That's gathering together. We'll, we'll, sit in a, we'll sit in a gazebo and we'll sing Amazing Grace, right? Uh, but but, the, but the, the gathering together is what makes the church... Some may say worship is is what church is about. I just like to go to worship. I like to hear good singing. I think we, I, I was going to say this, and I, I had to kind of take it back, but I think you can go somewhere else and find much, much better preaching. I, I just think that's just obvious. I know I'm just partial, but I don't know if you can go somewhere else to hear better singing than we got. <laughs> because I just think we have the best singing, right? Honestly, I do. I don't, I, I have a hard time thinking you go somewhere else to hear better singing. But but the case being, you could sit at home, flip your TV on, and hear good singing that worships God, and you could uh, see worship going on. Has there anybody had this experience? Now, I believe you can get blessed at home. I have. Me and Renee, during the thing, we've sat at home and we've watched services and and they start getting blessed and you feel But has anybody ever had this thought, you're watching a camp meeting, you're watching a service, there are singers up singing, they're shouting hallelujah and they're having a wonderful time. And anybody ever had this thought, I want to be there. I want to be there. I'm watching it on a TV. I want to be there. And anybody ever felt a little something stirring in your heart, but you still kind of felt like there was something missing? Because you're not there. Listen, when you are there, it's different than when you're not there. Do I need to say that again? <laughs> when you are there, it's different than when you're not there. And that's by design. Because what you need to get out of church, you can't get unless you're there. Amen? And and. I think if we understand why we go to church and understand what church is, it kind of changes everything that we our perspective on it. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> number four, what we can only receive when we gather, I want you to see that word only. You can't get this any other way. We're going to talk about some things you can only get. and We're going to try to understand what church is about. I know I've said this a lot lately, but I don't preach much about you need to come to church anymore. I don't preach that much anymore. But how many of you can recognize, Josh touched on this a little bit in Sunday school, but how many of you can recognize that if you've been here for 15, 20 years, how many of you recognize that there are people that didn't want to gather and they're no longer gathering at all? Do you guys get that? When you don't want to gather, you'll stop gathering. And people have come to this church and thought, I'll be here on Sunday morning, I'll do my duty, I'll go about my life, and they're not here anymore. And there are people who said, I don't want this to take over my life, and they're not here anymore. And there are people who who think that the that, that, that church isn't supposed to be about us all being together, but they're not here anymore. Because there is something about being here, it does something to you. Are you guys with me? I like it with Kevin, amen, <laughs> amen all right that's 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 awesome isn't it thank you brother kevin i'll I'll pay you for this later all right so let's let's talk about what you can only get when you go to church i have the word experience the worship and and i don't want you to get ahead of me i want us to understand what experience the worship means now can you worship at home in your bedroom Absolutely. Can you sit out on the front porch and worship? Absolutely. Can you go down the road and worship? Absolutely. But let me ask an honest question. I know it's special when it's just me and Jesus, but can you do on your front porch what we do right here? No. no. It's different. We're going to experience worship. So I want to point out a few things to you. I, 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 want, to, I want to point out, Sister Christine taught me something. I, I'll be honest, I've been in church all my life, and I never, I, this never, ever, ever crossed my mind. And Sister Christine said this, and I thought, wow, that is amazing. You know, I had never thought about it. Have you ever thought about a little thing called congregational singing? Do you know what congregational singing is? All right. Let, let, can you do congregational singing in your bedroom by yourself? <laughs> Okay, I know that's silly, but I'm trying to make a point. When you hear the voices of your brothers and sisters singing together about your Lord, that's something you can't get if you're not here. If you're like me and you can't sing very good and you don't want to get in front of everyone where they can hear you, you can sing to the top of your lungs in congregation because you're covered up. Amen. But we get to sing and I get to hear my brothers and sisters singing about Jesus. And it is precious. It is something that we can only get when we gather. Now, when you're in church and we gather because this is our life, has anybody ever come to church and saw somebody else getting blessed And then you got blessed. I mean, you're sitting there not really planning on getting blessed. And all of a sudden you look over and woman's getting blessed. You say, whoo, my sister's getting blessed. Now I'm blessed. You can't do that at home. You ever come to church and and one of us is kind of struggling, having a hard time. Sister Charlene was here. Those of you that were here Wednesday night, she was struggling. Amen. She was struggling. It pulls on your heart. That does something because one of ours is hurting. Do you guys get this? You can't get that if you don't gather. You can't get that if you're not part of the body. You can't get that if you want to be an outsider. You get that by gathering and making this your church. And and when you see others struggle, when you see others blessed, when you see others uh, uh, do things, it, it does something to you. Experience the worship and souls are knit together. I heard someone explain it like this and I had never really thought about it this way. But if you are watching on TV, your visual is engaged and your in your audio is engaged, but your other senses are not engaged. Do you know when you come here, every sense that you have is engaged, including your emotions, right? Everything is a part of the service. You you can you can you can feel what's going on. Uh, you can sense what's going on. Uh, you, you can you can even smell. You, you can everything. All of your senses are all engaged because we're all here together. And a TV monitor, you can't do that. See, there was the thing when we when we were all doing the live stream and the views were through the roof and it was just a phenomenal and everything. And then there was a lot of preachers saying, "I didn't say this about you guys." But there's a lot of pastors saying, what if they don't come back? They enjoy watching it at home so much they can drink their coffee, sit in their pajamas and watch the sermon and then go on their business. What if they never come back? Now, I never thought that about you guys. But here's what every church is finding out. If you love Jesus, you came back to church because you can't get what you need watching TV at home. Amen? because it's a gathering because Jesus set it up that way let's go on to a unique love I I picked that word uh, on purpose because love is kind of thrown around kind of lightly and and maybe it doesn't always mean a whole lot but can we agree at the Sand Hill Church that we have a unique love can I just say I love you guys there's nobody here that I don't love I'm talking love you with all of my heart. I love you guys. And and I believe that it is a mutual love. I I believe that we love each other. I, I believe when we hug one another's neck and we say, I love you, it's not a superficial love. It's not a shallow love. It is a genuine, unique love that you just can't get anywhere else. And listen, you can go to a bar. You can have your bar buddies. They'll say, we'll always be there for you. And I believe there is a love that is there in that bar. You can join a club. You can go to the sports. You can do all things. But how many of you will agree there is a unique love in the house of God you can't get anywhere else? And there's a closeness that comes when we gather to be the church. I guess if you used to ask me as a pastor, that has got to be one of the most phenomenal things about Sand Hill Church is the closeness. Now, how do I say this in a way that is not offensive? We can be close to people who irritate us. We can love people that get on our nerves. We can be close to people that we have some problems with. Do you guys understand what church is about? See, I think this is the, and, and I and I prayed this a long, long time ago, and, I, and this is what I just love about our church. This is what I love about what God is doing here. But but he, everybody here isn't from the same place. Everybody here doesn't have the same background. We we have we have different ethnic groups here. We have different backgrounds. We have different denominations. We have different places. Some of you from up from up north. What in the world are you doing in this church, right? We we we're not all the same anymore. But what's the point? We all come together. Listen, we would not be friends if it was not for the church. We would not hang out if it was not for the church. But because of the church, we love each other. We want to be together. Do you know how strange of a thing it is? And I think because we're missing what I'm preaching this morning, but do you know how strange of a thing it is that young people want to be around old people? Listen, that never, ever, ever happens. It's just that doesn't happen, right? Unless you're ecclesia. Because Ecclesia is coming together. Doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter the color of your skin, doesn't matter how you were raised, doesn't matter the mistakes you've made, doesn't matter if you're 95 or 3, we come together as a body, and we love each other. That's the church people. That, that is the church. That, that, is, that is what Jesus meant when he said, I build my church. <clears throat> this sounds really, really corny. This is super, super corny. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but I feel like I need to say it. So I don't believe I'm off base. I believe the world's off base. But Hallmark... And Hollywood, stole a word that I want to bring back into the church. And you're going to think this is very, very corny, and so you're just going to have to set the world aside and Hallmark aside, or else this isn't going to work for you. But we have this word, and it is called soulmate. That means you are walking along, and you see this gorgeous girl, and she is your soulmate, and you're meant to be with her forever. Right? That's a soulmate, according to Hallmark. Right? And I mean... Few obstacles you have, next thing you kiss her and you're married happy forever after. Right? I mean, that's, that's Hallmark movies. You don't have to watch anymore. That's all of them, right? But, anyways, back to, the, back to the church. I know this sounds corny, but I believe it is biblical, guys. You guys are my soulmates. My soul is connected to your soul in a supernatural way. Listen, we all have this outside thing that we carry around that gets in the way of everything, but my soul is knit to your soul. We are soulmates. And in a romantic way, I can say Renee is my soulmate, but in a biblical way, I can say all of you are my soulmates because our souls are knit together because we all say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are God, and we will follow you forever. Now, this is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, See, seeing faults. I did not realize this. I have preached around here many times about excellence. I believe we ought to be excellent. I believe we ought to do our very, very best. I try to do my best. I try to study. I try to do everything I can. I, I always tell the boys we got to, we're going to do this right. We're not going to do it. I, I, I'm not backing up on any of that. But how many of you know? Listen, it's okay to amen. It's okay. How many of you know that if you come to Sand Hill Church regularly, you're going to see the pastor mess up? He's going to say the wrong word, he's going to stumble, he's going to stutter, he's going to say it wrong, he's going to spell it wrong, he's going to, he going to do something wrong, right? That's going to happen. Those of you that have been coming a long time, you've listened to a lot of really, really bad messages from me. But you kept coming back, because we ecclesia. When Josh is up here teaching, you know, I, I have this enjoyable thing that for years and years and years, I was the only guy in front of everybody, and everybody got to make fun of all the mistakes I made. Now Josh is up here. It's just great, because now he makes mistakes, and we all get to sit back and make fun of him, right? And and when Josh is up here singing a congregational song and the words aren't even remotely close to what's in the book, it's all right, right? It's great. It's just a great thing. What I'm saying is we're we're people. We are people. When you get up to testify, I don't know how many of you have said these stupid words. When I stand up to testify, I get my words mixed up. Who cares? We're talking about Jesus. You don't have to be given a professional speech. We're talking about Jesus. I'm just saying there's something about being real. Bessie wrote something, I think it was Pastor Appreciation Something, but Bessie said this, I have never, ever forgot it. And I I really think this 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 is really it. She said, about me, Bessie said, well, you're not perfect, but you're perfect for us. You know how good it is to know that when I really, really flub up, I still get to be your pastor? When I do something really stupid and everybody knows I did something really stupid, you guys still love me? Do you know how good it is to get up here and, and, and sing or teach or preach or anything you do, and you don't do it right, but you know they still love you? Can I tell you if this was a performance, I'd have been gone a long time ago. If this was about being an eloquent speaker, if this was about being the greatest, I would have been gone a long time ago. But this is it. This is ecclesia. This is ecclesia. This is coming together and being real. But here's something that we need to understand. What is the benefit of being real? I want to I just be real here just for a second. Can I do that? I've been in church for a long time. I'm not going to name names, but I've seen a whole lot of you do some really, really bad things. Can I say this? Listen, don't come to me, ask word and ask for names. I've seen some of you quit coming to church. I've seen some of you get hurt and not want to come back. I've seen some of you get pretty ugly. I've seen a lot of things out of our ecclesia. But guess what? You're back. What I'm saying is, I have lived through some ugliness. But we kept on going. And some of us, after 30 or 40 years, we're still here. And... It's not because we look over our shoulders and say, man, I really did good the last 40 years. I think everybody here, everybody here, starting with the pastor, can look back and say, I have made huge mistakes in my past, but I'm still here. I'm still here. Now, what does that do? I don't know if I'm drawing this picture, but this picture is so clear to me. If I could just, Lord, just help me to get it across to you guys. What does that do for you? You are sitting here in this church, whether you're new to this church or you've been here for 40 years, you are sitting here in this church and you have a pastor who you know is a mess. You have a pastor who you know does things he shouldn't do. You are a pastor, have a pastor who makes mistakes and flubs things up. You have a pastor who does all these things, but you have a pastor who is still here. Can I tell you that makes me real? Does anybody get this? Does anybody understand this? That makes me real. I, I'm not. I'm not a supernatural being. There are people who think uh, preachers and deacons—they never do anything wrong. Huh, that's funny, right? They—they they think that we never struggle, that we always are just on the spiritual mountaintop. And we never struggle. But in this church, listen. In this church, we can't hide it. I think Josh is really looked up to in this church. I think he's 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 respected by people. And I and I'm not picking on Josh. He's my son. I'm not picking on him. But but when Josh is really messed up, he can't hide it. He's right here in front of all of us. We see he's not doing good. Are you guys with me? What do we do? He's back here the next Sunday in the, in the stand preaching the word of God. What am I saying? I'm just saying there's a realness that now I'm not I'm not saying here we ought to try to mess up as much as we can. That's not my point. My point is there is something that happens when you are real and you keep going. And there is a a, a relatableness to to that because you can relate to you know if you come into this church and you and you've completely ruined your life and you've done all kinds of horrible horrible sins and you come into the church and kind of what we talked about in Sunday school and everybody here just looks like they've never made a mistake you're gonna think well those people are just different than I am but if you come into this church and you realize we're all just as me- I told uh, Deb and, and Amy they were they were saying something about uh, coming to church and I said listen this is just a church full of messed up people it is church full of messed up people. Listen, if you're not messed up, you need to go somewhere else, okay? Because we're just all messed up here. But we love each other, and we say that Jesus is the Son of God, and we ecclesia together, and that's all that matters. I don't know if this is making sense to you guys, but it's so powerful to me that God just wants us to come together and that even through our faults and through our problems and through our failures, God still bonds us together. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching down at anybody here. I'm just, I'm just using an example, okay, so you don't have to crawl under your seat or get embarrassed or feel bad or whatever. You can feel bad another Sunday. But can I tell you that in this church, we have worriers. In this church, we have overreactors. In this church, we have people with bad tempers. In this church, we have people that can't control their mouth. In this church, we have fill-in-the-blank. We have them sitting among us. We call them our brothers and sisters. But you know there's none among us that don't have something that's wrong with us. We all have a sin. We all have something that's wrong with us. Every one of us. We're we're just people who say thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. That's who we are. What I'm saying is, I listen to what I'm saying. As you're a pastor, I know you overreact every time. I still love you. I still love you. I know you run your mouth when you ought to keep your mouth shut. I still love you. I still love you. I know that I preach plainly what the Bible says and you reject it. I still love you. I still want ecclesia with you. Is anybody seeing the point? What if we have a church, and this is what a lot of people want in a church, what if we have a church where we say, when you mess up, you're out. You're out. Well, I've said this for years, but none of you wouldn't be here. None of you wouldn't be here. I'd have had to get rid of all of you already, right? And you'd have had to get rid of me. But in Jesus' ecclesia, how many of you think that in the book of Acts, when all those people gathered together who had freshly gotten saved, how many of you think there might have been some sin in the ecclesia? But they kept on going, didn't they? And, and they allowed the Word of God to, to fix a lot of those problems. And I, and I really believe that's, that's, what, that's what church is supposed to be about. D, uh, safety net, accountability. <clears throat> we had a service here a while back, and we've been doing this more and more. When we went home, Renee said, I cannot believe we are close enough to publicly confess our sins to each other. Can you believe that? I was actually blown away. We were sitting in the church, took off our halos, took off our, our religious garb, and we said, "I, as a member of the Samuel Church, am struggling with this sin." You know why? Because we ecclesia, because we're close enough to do that. And you know what? I don't think anybody was rejected after that service. I don't think anyone was run out of this church. after We just all realized we're a bunch of messed up people. And some of you who didn't confess your sins, I bet you're sitting in your seat thinking, yeah, I, I did something bad too. I just didn't tell everybody, right? My point is that, that that we're close enough to confess when we mess up. We're close enough to confront one another when we sin. We we know that someone cares. What is it worth to know you go to a place where you can where you can be real, where you can show your struggles, where you can uh, ha- fall down, and someone will pick you back up? How much is it worth to come to a place where we ecclesia together, and when we fall down, we help each other back up? Listen, that's what church is. That's what church is. And and I really believe that's what Jesus wanted to build when he built built his church. The feeling of belonging. I I don't have time to, to go into depth on all of this, but is it worth anything to feel like this is home? I'm not talking about this building. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about this ecclesia. We're going to go to uh, camp here shortly, supposedly going to be uh, a few other people there besides us. And I appreciate being, I get encouraged when we go to uh, around other churches, right? We go to the men's retreat, you know, once a year, and we go to camp, we go to different things, camp meetings, and we're around all the other brothers. And, sisters. and those are our brothers and sisters, because they they say that thou art to Christ the Son of the living God. But can I tell you, if we're at camp every year, when we're at camp, I don't care if there's 5,000 people there, when we go to camp... I say that's my people that's my people that's my people those others are my brothers and sisters those are my people is anybody getting this I belong we belong together and it's all we we say this every year before we go to camp while we're there when we get back sand Hill sand Hill we as an Ecclesia we are brothers and sisters all the rest of them but we are our people we belong and that is worth everything and that's why people go to bars that's why people join gangs that's why people join clubs and and all the other things that people do because they want to belong but there's nothing like belonging to the ecclesia of Jesus Christ this is home I am accepted quickly we build trust is trust an issue If I could just use two people this morning, and the only reason I use them is because they have openly confessed this before, But and and I know we all have things we struggle with, but when Renee, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, Renee, she had walls up. She wouldn't let her husband pass that wall or anybody else. Her theory was I don't need anybody, and if I let anybody in, they're just going to mess up my life. So I don't need nobody. Everybody stays at a distance, Right? It took trust to say, I'll open the window and let someone in. And now she's taken down the walls. She realizes she needs each other. Sister Bessie come to this church. Sister Bessie's lived a hard life. She came in here with all her walls up. Her words, I don't trust nobody. I don't trust nobody. If you're breathing, I don't trust you. Right? And little by little... The walls have had to come down. Now, Bessie and Renee are not the only ones who have walls. But here's what I want you guys to get, and I'm, I'm trying to bring this thing in for landing. But here's what I want you guys to get: you don't build trust in one church service. You know there are people here I would trust with my life. I, I would trust. I would trust without even a thought. I would trust you with my life because we have Ecclesia. See, you don't, you don't half in, half out, you don't, I partly belong, but I belong somewhere else, I, I this and I that, and, and, and have that trust. But when you take your walls down, allow yourself to become vulnerable, and you ecclesia, and this is your people, you can build a trust that you know, that you know, that you know people will be there for you. There are people in this church that I have zero doubt in my mind. If any catastrophe hits me tomorrow, you will be there. I have no doubt about that. I know that. I trust you. Now I want to ask everybody here, is that a good feeling? Is that a good feeling, Kevin? To know, to know I have people I can trust. I think that's what the world's looking for. You watch all these shows on TV, And I know it's not real, um, but you watch all these shows on TV and you got this team of cops and they'll take this particular, this particular guy and they'll take him out there and they'll beat him to a bloody pulp and torture him and shoot him and do everything else to him and everything. And he said, I ain't giving up my team. I'm loyal to him. Right. That's what's on TV. And I don't think that's really real. But, but my point is, I believe we do that for you guys. I trust you guys. And guys, that's what church is. I don't know if you guys are getting it or not. You don't get that everywhere you go. And you don't get that by not being together. What I'm kind of trying to say is, when we see each other's faults, but we also learn we can count on each other. And we realize we're just all messed up bunch of people, but we realize we can count on each other. And there's a core, there is a bond, there is a a unity that the devil cannot break apart. Does anybody believe that? The devil cannot break it apart. Now, you can walk out and meet with the devil, but the devil can't break it apart. And, and in the days we're living in, I don't, know that, I don't know that it gets any better than that. And lastly, I hope Josh got this right. Unity and the spirit, little s, small s. Whose spirit is that? Our spirit. Not the Holy Spirit. It's our spirit. Everybody here has a spirit. How do we get all of our spirits united? Well, we ecclesia. We come together and we learn the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We pray together. We hurt together. We struggle together. We do everything together. And we become one people doing one thing for a common mission. Brother Richards, right. We had the camp yesterday and we had the work day and it was just such a blessing to see everybody there. But you didn't hear complaining, you didn't hear quarreling, you didn't find find a fault with one another. Everybody there, I know I shouldn't say this, but I just confess my sins. How long have you been doing camp? 12 years? 13 years, whatever it is? This is the first year, first year, very first year ever I have enjoyed working on camp. I actually go to bed and can't wait to get there. On Friday night I'm thinking, man, I get to go work on camp tomorrow. And we go there and everybody acts like they want to be together and we're having fun and we're working and it's just a good day. And we're gonna leave at noon and it's four thirty and, and it's just it's just been enjoyable. Can I tell you that's what ecclesia is supposed to be? Ecclesia is enjoying being together.
0: We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.